Hello friends, I'm Mali Pompaditz, CEO of the SOAR Community Network and co-founder of the SOAR Community Nebula, a community and movement where conscious, compassionate, and transcendent leaders are connecting, collaborating for greater social good. Welcome to the SOAR Community Network's Change Agent interview series. Today, I am delighted to introduce you to Karen Holmes. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Ali, and thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. You have a powerful, extraordinary, motivating, inspiring story. Can you please say hello to our audience and share a little bit, a sneak peek of your background, if you will, uh, before we dive into the wonderful work that you're doing in the world? Hello, everybody, and, and I'm glad you're tuning in today. And just uh, briefly, for those who don't know that I am transgender. Um, I transitioned on October 1st of 2010, and life has been 200% happier than I've ever been in my entire life. Uh, just being who I am, being my true self. After, uh, and I, my tagline on my business cards and also on my website is 40 years of wandering no more, because that's basically how long it took me to figure this crap out, is <laughs> 40 years. But uh, now that this happened, um, I'm very excited to be able to share with you today uh, my life. Um, I, when I transitioned, I just wanted to be happy and free, be like normal people. And uh, who's to say what normal's like nowadays? But normal for me now is not what it used to be because I'm doing things far much more than I ever expected to in life, uh, being an advocate and a strong uh, leader in the transgender community. Um, and to be honored in um, around the world, basically, is one of the top 50 successful transgender Americans you need to know. So it's, um, and that was by LGBT Nations uh, website. Uh, that was, uh, I was honored in that, about that. So um, there's a lot more other awards that I've been honored and also a lot more uh, things that um, has profile me in so many different ways and I'm hoping to be able to share that with you today so that way you get to know a little bit more about me as well as what it's like to be transgender and to know that we are not what you see on Jerry Springer's show we are doing great things out there as far as being police officers firefighters military people judges lawyers doctors nurses the list goes on and so uh that's who we're who we are about. And if you get to know us, you'll know more and you'll love us, hopefully. Well, Karen, you know, you, you touched upon some of the um, incredible journey that you've been on to get here, to be fully transitioned to, like you mentioned, to be fully who you really are. Um, tell us more about your background, your career, all the cool things that you were doing before um, you came out and, and called yourself Karen. I know that you've lived that experience inside for a long time, but to be able to publicly live it and be it. Um, tell us about your career, career path prior to that. Um, basically as Tony, which is my prior name uh, before I transitioned, basically I just uh, had done a lot of uh, volunteer work throughout the community. Uh, everything from being a the president of Park Police Volunteer Association for seven years. Uh, five of them were in a row. I took a break, trying to give somebody else a little of opportunity and chance. And 
um, things kind of went down a little bit. And I said, let me go back in one more time. We got it back up. And then I just went on and re left there uh, basically right before my actual transition um, because I didn't really think that they were going to be acceptable to that. But, you know, little did I know down the road, uh, talking to the chief of police there, um, he had already knew and was okay with it. He was just waiting for me to come out to him rather than somebody outing me a little bit more. And um, did volunteer work with cystic fibrosis, um, RSVP, which is Retired Seniors Volunteer Program, the Red Cross, uh, CERT, which is uh, Community Emergency Response Team, doing a lot of things around that I really enjoyed doing. And uh, it was so interesting the uh, probably a month before I was about to transition, I told each and every one of my volunteer groups, such as Red Cross, CERT, and RSVP, that I had something to tell them. And they gave me this really funny look like, what are you going to tell me? And I said, well, I'm transgender and I plan on transitioning on October 1st of 2010. And they went, Whew, we thought you were going to leave the organization. And to hear that each and every time from each of the organizations, and I, I'm like thinking, did you talk to so-and-so? Did you talk to so-and-so? And none of them knew each other. They just all had the same response of who I am. Later, I mean, in uh, 2000, I actually started working with uh, uh, AmeriCorps. Uh, it's a federal government and volunteers all over the country uh, were volunteering and doing work in the communities and stuff like that. And I actually got two uh, awards being um, a servant, you know, as far as doing service work outside of the agency. And it was called the Willis Green Community Service Award. So I got that when I was Tony back in 2003. And then I ended up getting it again as Karen in 2014. And it was so funny because a lot of people kept going, didn't you get that award before? And I went, no. That wasn't me, that was Tony. Now I got it for myself. And you know, people just don't seem to understand. I could care less if you got it one time, two times, three times. The thing is, I didn't let winning that award for one time ever deteriorate me from doing it again because I feel like it only made me want to do more in the community because I didn't want, like I said, I didn't want anybody to think, oh, it's a one-time deal. No, this is who I am continuously. Like when I was with Park Police um, as the volunteer the president, I ended up getting getting the Commander's Award twice while I was with them in the seven years. And I ended up getting the Volunteer of the Year Award with them as well, uh, twice. So, you know, that goes to tell you whether it was Volunteer of the Year Award or the Commander's Award, I was still gonna go out there and do whatever I could to, to give to the community. And that's what's important, giving. Powerful stuff, Karen. We're going to circle back to the work that you're doing and the projects that you're working on for the community in a second. But I want to pause for a moment and just go back in time and ask you this question. Um, you've been on a journey like we all have been on a journey. When in your life have you experienced kindness, empathy, compassion, or a helping hand from someone or a community of people perhaps that changed your path um, and your life for the better? Um, an experience or someone that you can think of that has shifted you in a profound way. Can you give an example or story of that? Wow, um, that's very uh, 
exciting and, and an, an important question. Uh, I guess basically, you know, in my own family, you know, my mom, she actually, you know, was there a very type of supportive person through the family or with friends, you know, so I learned to be able to do that. And when I told my mom about my transition, um, actually, I waited two weeks before I actually transitioned on my transition date of October 1st of 2010. <clears throat> um, and the reason why I waited that long is because of the fact that I didn't want her to try to change my mind. Because, you know, when you transition as a transgender person, you have to look at a lot of things in front that's going to possibly be put you in danger, either being assaulted or murdered. And so that's what she worried a lot about is my safety. But to, to see how she was as a woman and as a mother, she did a lot of things for me in my life to make me say, oh, wow, you know, that's who I want to be as a woman, you know, somebody that's very supportive and, and outgoing to other people. Um, there's a uh, thing that I always said, do it because it's in your heart not because you, you know, expect something back. And to me, that, that's profound when you think of it that way that, you know, I'm, everything I do is from my heart. I don't expect anything back in return. I just want to do it for that person to bring a smile to their face, uh, to make them have a better day. My day isn't as bad as theirs, you know? <laughs> so, um, and I'm trying to think of anybody really, out there in the community that really changed my mind. The only thing I could say is basically that the people I met at the Philadelphia Trans Health Conference, when I went to the workshop sessions for all the transgender people that were there speaking and stuff, um, I went, wow, that that person is somebody I want to, you know, see and be and all this kind of stuff. I'll take, I'll give you a really good name of a friend of mine who uh, I met through my transition and that's Kristen Beck. She was, um, I'm sure some of the listeners out there, uh, she is a retired Navy SEAL from Team Six who transitioned out there and, and to hear about the struggles that she went when she came out, the hatred that, and people wanting to kill her. I mean, like, wow, to me, I'm thinking, do you really want to mess with a Navy SEAL person? <laughs> you know, uh, but some people are. And then my other biggest hero in the transgender community is Donna Rose. She actually did my training for me. Uh, she did a book called Dressed in Blue. And uh, she did my training for me at my agency. And I thought she did a great, great job at it. And uh, to hear people still today bring her up, like, hey, have you talked to her? Um, you know, or anything like that, just to see that she was that kind of an influence on my transition into the agency. And cause I actually transitioned on the job um, at AmeriCorps. So the first, of course, my first <clears throat> 10 years there, people were like, you know, I knew I could be successful in my transition. I figured I would have a five or 10% of an issue coming back. But it actually, when I came back uh, two weeks later, um, it was actually like a one to two percent of an issue. So most people accepted who I was because of the fact that I did so much in the community and stuff. I heard only a couple of things that came up, like people saying, oh, Karen looks like she's dressed to go to a, a nightclub or a party. And I'm like, 
I've never dressed like that, you know? And I talked to a really good girlfriend of mine who I just again talked to about two weeks ago on the phone. And she brought up about the part that I said, I came to her and I said, yeah, people are telling me that, you know, other women. And she said, welcome to the caddy world. And I'm like, I got to deal with this now, <laughs> you know? So um, that was kind of tough, but we're happy. No, I'm thinking about this um, as you were as you were sharing, and I think about all the people who sometimes we make assumptions around who, the expectations we have of who will support us and who won't support us, and sometimes it's a surprise, and other times it's people just want to be happy, they want you to be happy, and they have other things to worry about, and most people who are good people will let you be. Now there are, like you mentioned, a community of folks who are filled with anger, hatred, um, prejudice that are going to have reactions that are not so positive. What I'm happy to hear is that for the most part, you have had positive reactions and acceptance. And it's, it's wonderful to know that that is possible as well, especially in such a, a challenging world that we live in. Now I'm gonna- I try to tell, you, Real quick, I try to tell people, you know, whenever I go speak, um, that we transition to be happy. And because of the way society has treated us, we ended up losing our spouse, our children, our home, our jobs, our, our friends who we think are really gonna be there for us. And then we end up committing suicide. Our suicide rate in the community is 41%. That's very, very high. Um, I, you know, my biggest concern when I transitioned, I wanted to make sure that my immediate family, my mom, dad, brother, and my stepsister, who I really say my sister, um, they gave me the full support that I needed. And to me, that made a difference in my life and who I am. I had like a couple of uncles at first, um, kind of were standoffish. Uh, one of them actually years ago changed and we got a little bit more warmer and closer. And just uh, last year in November, one of my uncles who really just kind of like disowned me back for like 11 years now, <laughs> um, he uh, opened up a couple of months ago to me and um, to hear my mom say, oh, your uncle was basically saying, hey, how are you? And just asking and always wanted him, he always wanted my mom to tell me hi and, and everything else. And finally, I said, let me go ahead and talk to him, you know, because he is reaching out. Because at first I was like at the point where, you know, to hear him tell my cousins to push me off and don't be associated with me hurt. And I said, if something happens to him and he passed away, I'm not going to the funeral. You know, that's how bad it was for me. And, uh, but I always kept in the back of my mind, if he reached out and really meant it, then we could bring this bridge back together. And um, it, it happened. He's even said, you know, love you. I'm sorry that I was, you know, that way. I just didn't understand. And um, it's great to hear the apologies the way he's he's been for it. So um, he's happy when I call and that's the way it is now. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's very powerful. Um, you know, I'm, I'm also wanting to make sure we have time for you to talk about your projects and the initiatives. And you know, here at SOAR, our work is to really help organizational leaders 
and just human beings create a world where there's compassion, where they feel harmony and cohesion, where they're fostering collaboration and innovating so that we can solve a lot of big challenges around the world. So when you think of C3, compassion, cohesion, and collaboration, um, how do you believe your work will foster that for your community, the community you wish to serve? So let's talk about that answer and then talk about the projects you're working on. Um, you know, I believe that we should try to be able to do whatever we can at an organization um, and even for yourself to be able to grow, to bring people in so you can make changes in their lives. I think if you can do that, uh, it's going to be a much better world. Um, I've basically everything that I do for work for years, um, I give it all 100%. I don't believe in giving it just a tiny bit just to get a tiny bit or try to get, oh, I'll do a tiny bit to hopefully get a little bit more. I want to be that way all the time, 24-7. I don't care if you're a small organization or a large organization. I want to give you the same benefit as if I was to give you were a small company to a large company. To me, it's, it's no different. You should get the same um, respect um, outgoing from me to take care of your problem um, than the big guy. It shouldn't make any difference. Yeah. Talk to us about the, I had the pleasure of talking to you before this interview, so I know about the initiatives and the projects. Talk to me about your butterflies. Uh, the butterfly project. Wow. Let me start from the beginning on it. Um, back in 2019, uh, there were two trans sex workers, uh, women who were murdered in Fairmont Heights, Maryland on the, in the area of Eastern Avenue, which one side is Maryland and the other across the street is DC. And so after the second one was murdered, I got a call from the commander from third district police department. And she said, you know, basically she was tired of pushing the, her officers, pushing the girls over to the DC side, DC would come by, push them back to Maryland. And she said, it was just back and forth. She didn't want to play ping pong with the girls. Um, and she said, is there anything you would like to do to help? And I said, absolutely. Um, I'll do, give it my best. And I told her, I said, um, is it possible that I can go out on ride-alongs in that area so that when we come across any of the trans people out there that I can stop, get out of the police car, go up and talk to them and say, hey, look, there is something, you know, I want to talk to you about. Is there anything we can do to help you get off the streets? And um, a lot of them said, hey, I need a job. I need a home. I need food. And I'm like, okay, that's great. They're not out here just to be out here doing sex work. They're, it's a survival. That's what I tell a lot of police, police that I ride with out there. And I said, it's called survival sex, you know, because of the fact they don't have these things. They want to be able to, to achieve it on their own. So um, I started a, a thing called the Trans, Prince George's County Trans Coalition in Prince George's County, where I got other organizations to come together and to tell them what I wanted to try to do. One, I wanted to uh, help them with resume building and also sit across the table with each of them and say, look, we're gonna role play a job interview that you're trying to get. And the other thing was dress for success. So everybody loved the idea. They wanted to get together. They wanted to do whatever we could to, to help this 
program out. Um, and it wasn't quite yet the project because uh, actually uh, two years ago, I met um, these um, people at a reef laying that was over in the Fairmont Heights area for the two girls that were murdered. And one lady, her name is Rebecca Oxley from the Greenbelt Library System. She uh, was so inspired by my speech and my talk at the reef laying, she went back with her boss and they just started coming up with ideas to expand what I wanted to do, which was the resume building, the role playing dress for success. They said, let's go and add mentoring and stuff like that. Let's add a, a once a month luncheon for six months, get them involved with their mentor and show them how to operate a computer, get them involved in the library system because the library is safe, safe haven basically for everyone. And so she came up inspired by me called the Butterfly Project. <laughs> and uh, so we've got so far a lot of people that are involved that wanna be involved as far as helping out with resume building, role playing. And they said, people have said, hey, I've got clothes that they can wear for job interviews and also for work. Um, my, my bedroom is pretty much packed right now with some clothes I gotta get it over to an actual uh, boutique place who's actually uh, going to be donating her own clothes there that are brand new and stuff like that. So that's in the works. But the sad thing about it we're suffering is with COVID. We haven't been able to get uh, together socially because of the fact the library is going under uh, the guidelines of COVID uh, separation and all that kind of stuff. So, but we're hoping, you know, that, you know, I've got the attention of a lot of people right now. Summertime will be coming up. We'll be able to do some outside activity at the library and we'll have to worry about, you know, the fact that we can't do it inside. We'll be able to still do it. Um, and so those are what we're working on right now. And I, I'm hoping I've gotten some people that are interested in Washington, D.C., uh, other people in Maryland. Um, actually, I went to speak out in Portland, Oregon uh, to the police department out there because I do a project uh, with the Department of Justice Community Relationships. Um, I'm partnered with them. So I'm actually trying to bridge the gap between law enforcement and the transgender community. So while being out there in Portland, the contact out there that I was talking to as part of CRS, they said, hey, bring that project out here. So now you can say we're gonna be east the coast, you know, right away soon. Um, and uh, it'll be great. Fantastic. Well, I hope that people are listening will also want to support, donate, um, sponsor some of these initiatives because it's a it's going to take a huge effort to make sure that you have national reach and hopefully some of our audience members will have the heart and the desire and the resources to support you. Um, let me ask you another question before we begin to close out our interview. Tell us about the name Karen. From Tony to Karen, tell our audience why Karen. Um, it was it's how do I really? It's just something that came to heart. Who I was, um, and this was before I actually transitioned. Because beforehand, actually on Facebook, I used to go by Karen Kendra Harris. Um, actually, the Kendra part, not yet, uh, but Karen Harris. And so what happened was, <clears throat> I just. People, when they knew I was going to transition, they said, why don't you go with <clears throat> Antoinette, you know, 
other than Anthony or Tony with an I. Some were coming up with some off the wall names. I'm like, no, no, no. There's something about Karen I've got to stay with. I don't know why. I just need to stay with that name. And so when I told my mom the day I broke the news to her that about my transition, um, I told her what my name was going to be. And I said, it's going to be Karen Holmes. And actually, at that point, I knew it was going to be Karen Kendra Holmes because it took a little while to figure, what would be good and nice with Karen, you know? So, and she said, and which she had never told me before, she said when she was pregnant, she said if she had a girl, she was going to name it Karen. And I just totally lost it that night because I said, wow, now I know this is who I truly am. And um, I was in tears after that because I, you know, did, like I said, to have that name stuck in my head and never be told that story, it just really brought it home for me. And actually she gave that name to her best girlfriend who gave it to her daughter. I'm like, ah, oh, she's got mine. <laughs> but yeah, that's how it all happened. Um, and it's so funny because a lot of my friends, uh, they know, and they either introduce me, they know me as Karen Kendra Holmes. Um, and some call me Karen, some call me Kendra because they like the name Kendra. Um, and then I have some that say K or KK. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I got, as long as you don't call me Tony, I'm all, I'm all happy about that. <laughs> so. Well, you're not alone even with the name KK. My mother's name is Keanu Khan and we call her KK. So there you go. <laughs> Let me ask you this. When okay. you have gone through so much in life and when you have your moments of being down or um, worried or concerned, is there a quote or a motto or a philosophy that you go to? that really helps you come back to center? Um, I, I, you know, being a religious person and not shoving down religion to the listeners out there, um, you know, I feel like I'm doing God's work. You know, it was placed on my heart, you know, because of all the volunteer stuff I do. It's something that I'm bringing hope. I, as a matter of fact, I just got an email yesterday uh, from somebody from Michigan that said, you are such an inspiration to me. And I'm like, let me read this. And it was a good page and a half letter um, by email um, saying that how much I've bought into their life to be able to follow. It's a young person in their 20s. <clears throat> and, um, and I just happened to find that they're also, I was with the Maryland Defense Force. She's now with the Michigan State uh, Guard Association Defense Force. And I'm like, wow, we've, the connection there is already there because we're both in the same kind of unit, just different state. And um, <clears throat> to hear the struggles that she's going to and some of the good things that she's getting the support from, from um, the other military staff, people, command and all that, it's, it's exciting. I wish I could have come out or the pro project of me coming out with the Defense Force, it could have been out sooner because it could have really helped her a lot more. So I think about those things, you know, a lot um, because I think if she knew or their command knew that I was transgender and in 2012, I got NCO Soldier of the Year by the Maryland Defense Force and the Maryland State Guard Association, that would have been something to let them know, yes, we can do it. And then in 2013, 
getting from the State Guard Association of the United States, I got soldier the year of the country. We're talking 35 states and uh, 24,000 soldiers that are in Defense Force. And to hear their comments from female soldiers to say, hey, great job, you're doing it for us. And I'm like, yeah, that's how I feel because that's what's in my mind, heart and spirit. But I'm also doing it for the transgender community, which I wasn't able to talk about then at the time being. Uh, when ABC2 News out of Baltimore did a report on me, a lot of, and it was up in Baltimore where our regiment was, a lot of the command for the Maryland Defense Force were like, great job, we love the interview, we're proud of you. To hear all of that, you know, I think it would have helped her in her transition a lot better and sooner, but she's doing pretty good. And I'm gonna be writing, following up on her more with a letter uh, today. Great. All right, well, one final question. Uh-huh. Oh, you can ask more than that. <laughs> <laughs> For you, from your perspective, from your life journey, what would make a better world? I think just to get along with everybody, you know, um, I, you know, we being transgender and knowing other trans people in the community, if you're gay and lesbian, who, what does it hurt you? It doesn't hurt you to accept one another. Um, and that's the biggest thing is, you know, people just don't seem to understand that respect goes a long way. And we want it just as much as anybody else to be able to live a life and be happy about who we are and be accepted. You know, um, that's the biggest thing. I, you know, I feel like I'm this little pebble <clears throat> that's being tossed out into a big body of water and the ripple effect of that going out is me telling my story to you and other people um, that we hope if they hear something negative about a trans person, <clears throat> no, no, I know this person personally, or I've heard their story. Trans people are not like that. They should be accepted and loved just like everybody else. Do you have any final words of wisdom for those that have either transition or thinking about transitioning or afraid to share who they really are and come out to say that this is really what is in their heart. This is what they want. Um, what would you like to say to the community, wherever they are on that spectrum of not sure to come out and share this with everyone, going through this and feeling alone, or already on the other side of the transition, but finding their place? Um, I think what's very, very important is that you know when it's the right time for you. Um, I know for me, uh, when I wanted to and I thought about it, I'm dreaming about it, <clears throat> I wasn't really sure. And me going to a, the conference up in Philadelphia, Trans Health Conference, was an eye-opening thing for me because I didn't know who else out there believed or saw or felt the way I did. I thought really I was alone out there. Um, back then, I wasn't much on computers to be able to understand what transgender is all about, which now you almost can flip the page and there it is, um, which makes it so much better for the younger people that are coming out, even the older people. You know, some people think, you know, being a certain age is the time when to come out. No, you'll know the timing is right for you when it happens. And, you know, sometimes people say, oh, do you wish you had transitioned early? And I go, 
yeah, I would have loved to have known the right time to come out, but it just wasn't the right time. And, and I say, you know, if God had brought certain things into my life about being transgender or tra transitioning um, at an earlier age, I probably would have been this wild child. <laughs> and to do it at the age of 53, I felt like, you know, I'm ready. Um, and it was when it hit me after I left that conference, um, I was like this runaway freight train. And that's when I knew it was right for me because I was gung-ho, fired up. I wanted to do whatever it took to go ahead and transition now because that's what it felt like in my heart. I couldn't stop it at that point. Beforehand, I always had, weren't, weren't sure. I was undecided. Well, I wasn't undecided on <clears throat> in June of 2010. I was ready to go, you know, uh, after talking with uh, people at work coming up with a game plan, when to transition and, and just doing it the right way. And that's where it's worked for me. That's great. I've enjoyed our conversation so much during this interview and before <laughs> this interview, getting to know you, um, your spirit, your heart. And that's really what it is. We're all human beings searching for a sense of purpose and meaning, um, trying to do good and be the best versions of ourselves. And so I accept you, I acknowledge you. I am <laughs> curious about your journey and will continue to share and build upon Absolutely. our friendship so I can support and advocate and also give you um, the space and the platform to continue to share and do this amazing work for not just your community, but to be an example for other communities who may not necessarily have the, the resources that they need to live uh, the most authentic, beautiful, powerful life. And so with that being said, how can people learn more about you? And I wanna make sure that everybody knows you have a TED talk that's very powerful. So please, <laughs> everyone go search for Karen Holmes. Um, and, and I guess the keywords would be 40 years wandering and you'll be yep. able to pop up right on the TED uh, website. So please check out Karen's TED talk. And also, where else could they find you and connect with you, Karen? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, which is <clears throat> Karen Kendra Holmes. Um, I do have a second one, which is Karen Kendra Holmes dash KK Holmes. But pick the first one. If not, uh, second one's just as good because I'm finding out some of the stuff is coming over, uh, which is great. Uh, the other one is you can look for me on my website, <clears throat> which is uh, com. There, it's been really exciting. You'll be able to contact me through there. You'll be able to see my schedule when I'm going to be speaking and where. Um, and it just goes on. The great thing about my personal website is it's been over a half a million views on it so far uh, since I brought it up to live, uh, you know, website. And then you can reach me on Twitter. You can reach me on um LinkedIn, in, um, all of those social media things, uh, you can find me. And um, I'm willing to speak, come out and speak. Uh, I do that now all over the country. The big thing is right now working with the Department of Justice Community Relationship, bridging that gap between the transgender community and law enforcement. And in closing on my part, <clears throat> um, I just wanna really say my life inspiration is not to be, to have more, but to be more. And then making a difference is my mission. And that's what I stand and live by every day. Thank you. 
what a wonderful send off to the closing of this interview. It's been an honor to have this conversation with you. It has been an inspiration. And my hope is that many people are also motivated and inspired to do some good in their communities. Because, you know, when we have these journeys that we go on in life, it's not just for us, the lessons that we learn. It's to be shared by those that we can mentor, those that we can lift up. And so you're doing just that. And I great, I, I'm grateful to know you. I'm grateful that a dear friend of ours, a mutual friend connected us. And so she knows who she is. Shout out to you. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you for being here, Karen. For all of you listening, for our SOAR community, our Nebula community, thank you for tuning in to another episode of our Change Agent series. The SOAR podcast is made up with brilliant stories of extraordinary people doing wonderful things for their communities. To learn more about developing transcendent leaders or change agents inside your organizations, please contact us. Visit our website, soarcommunitynetwork.com or go to nebula.soarcommunitynetwork.com. Thank you again, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye for Bye -bye. now. <laughs>